This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 37 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Casual Products, and Bait Saddles. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, Susan Meyer joins us from the Arabian Jockey Club to talk about Arabian racing. Adult Amy Elise Morehouse-Hinninger joins us to talk about how she went from adopting an RRP graduate to signing up to compete herself in the makeover yeah. and how she's using her story to encourage others to chase their goals. Leandra Cooper from New Vocations brings us another training tip as well as our beloved adoptable horse of the week. Stay tuned. <laughs> And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Well, Joy, how is life in Kalamazoo, Michigan? It's been finally great that we had a break from this heat. I'm actually enjoying my horses and they seem to be enjoying being back to work to a degree too. And Jamie, I have to tell you, I get to be, I'm horse shopping. It's oh so much fun. Because it's Are you horse shopping? Else. Yes, that's the best kind. I horse shop today. So I, we, we need to swap stories. You go first. So at first, this person that I don't think she listens to her show, so I think it's okay. But she's like that dream client, the one who's like, you know, I just want a nice horse. You know, it can be any breed, mare gelding, as long as they're like advanced beginner friendly, wants to go trail riding, do a little bit of stuff in the arena. I was like, great. And she's got a healthy budget. I'm like, all right, this is fun. I can do this. Every single horse I sent her, well, they're cute, but I don't know. <gasps> I feel, I feel like I looked at seven different horses, including some really nice thoroughbreds, some really nice Western thoroughbreds who are going out and have you gone trained. and has she seen them or is she just saying no to the photographs? The photos. Oh, and that's going to be hard. They're in a 30 mile radius. Like I purposely made it as easy as possible. Man, it's nice when they're close. That that That's going to yeah. be, have fun with that shopping for, I, I yeah. saw... I sold everything that I have in this COVID crisis. People are buying horses right and left. So I decided mm -hmm. I needed to get a couple more horses to train. And so I saw this on Fridays on horses in the morning. We do really bad ads, which is the way we read really bad ads, but we read them the way that they're written on Fridays. So I typically right, yeah. will go on Craigslist and see if I can find some pretty funny horse ads. And like what happened is I saw a pony that looked adorable, a little pony. And it said it's three years old. It's only had a handful of rides, but you know, it, it's, it's pretty nice, fancy mover and, and might be a really nice pony. And oh my gosh, it was in that 30 mile radius. So, I mean, it's like, you have to go see it. It turns out it's like five miles from my house. Uh, Obviously I have to go see it, but I need to ask some questions. So I messaged her and I'm like, hi, how big is the pony? Three years old. How many rides? Like, what is it done? You know, just mm -hmm. the standard questions. And she's like, he's 12, two. And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm five, three. And like, a, he's a pony, not like a large pony, like a, like mm -hmm. a medium pony. 
And so I kind of do the math. I'm like, okay, well, you know, the the 20% thing I'm underneath that. So, okay, I'll go look at him. So I go look at him. I literally just got back before we started recording this episode. You buy this pony. It's such a nice place. I walk up. It's like this family run place. And they're like, we've had him since he was a yearling. We kind of rescued him and they bring him out. Joy. He's like 10 and a half, 11 hands. He's like a miniature. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, yeah, we've had ridden him. I'm like, who rides him? She's like, I do. She was That's about like getting was- catfished online. Oh my God. It is catfished. <laughs> I was catfished. But again, she like tacks him up and gets on him and she's probably five feet tall and she can mm-hmm. ride him. But he was, he's really, really green. And I just, I just told her, I was like, I will break him. I will break him if I train him because I can, he is just so teeny tiny oh my god he was so advanced 12 year old you know amy Mm. from heartland (laughs) yes i need like i need amy's little cousin or little adopted sister i need a georgie (laughs) that's her name (laughs) i need a georgie out here at the barn and i went with abby who is one of my students and she's 510 and she thought it was absolutely hilarious so you just but the picture was like him in hand like standing there you know you there was no frame of reference for human Mm. or anything like that and she said he was 12 too i was like this horse is not 12 too she's like "Mm, i don't really know I don't really like stick him on a hill or, (laughs) (laughs) you know what? I think it looks 12 too. We'll go with that. Yeah. No, thank God. He was like five miles away. Holy cow. But anyway, I gave her some good advice and talked to her. I was like, you know, maybe just put some time and training because the way that he was, he was not going to go somewhere super safe. So she's going to do that. And and so we, I I think I made a love connection. Like she and I are going to be friends. So it worked out, but yeah, you never know. Good luck with your client. Those are really fun. Does she yeah. want like a particular color? Like I love it when they go, I want something white. It has no, to No, honestly, I, so I brought her out to the farm that I'm at and I was like, all right, let's go look at the different horses. I wanted to see like what she got excited about because there's such an array of horses there from breed, personality, sizes, all of it. And like she goes for like the chunky basic bay. Like that's awesome. who she's like, I'm in love with. Like sold. I will that, find any horse for you. And I'm, I'm like finding these good. really nice horses. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, so cute. And I was like, when do you want to go? No response. Okay. Well, I've got a horse for you that I get. To, I'm going to sell you after this. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, and then we'll also see what Leandra's got for us later today. Exactly. But before we get to that and our first guest, let's hear from Kentucky Performance Products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five. Four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. 
A lot of our listeners are, you know, I mean, obviously race fans and horse fans and thoroughbred fans, but we're going to teach you about something you might not know a whole lot about, and it's Arabian racing. And we have the president of the Arabian Jockey Club on the line, Susan Meyer. Thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So tell, tell everybody a little bit about Arabian racing. I mean, this is a, this is a big sport. Where is it the most popular? Well, uh, how popular all over the world, really. In the U.S., we race yeah. right now in four states. We race in Wilmington, Delaware, Delaware Park. Okay. We race in Colorado at Arapahoe Park. And then in Texas, we race at three different tracks, Sam Houston, Lone Star, and Ratama, although I'm not sure what's happening with Ratama this year mm-hmm. due to the COVID, but we've already raced at Houston this year, and they're due to start back up again at Lone Star in September. Okay. And then we race in California. We race the fair circuits right, right now. We're racing at Golden Gate Fields, but they race at Oak Tree at Pleasanton, they, uh, Fresno, Santa Rosa, Los Alamitos. So it kind of goes up and down. You know, they're very short, short meets. That okay. are during the fair. Gotcha. So uh, if anybody wants to go on, go, you can check out arabianracing.org is the website. And Susan, if, if I was to, you know, because we are our retired racehorse radio, do you guys mm-hmm. re- have a, a rehoming program for the racehorses? How long do Arabians race? Well, it's, they race a lot longer than thoroughbreds normally. I would say, Average, they race till they're eight or nine. And we've, I mean, over in the U.S., uh, we've raced as high as 12. But in in Europe, they race up into their upper teens, like 18, 19, 20. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. They're very and durable. Uh, how l- very durable. When do they get started? Yeah, when do they start We're not allowed career? to race till we're three. Most... Uh, most Arabians are started uh, late in their two-year-old year, and then they race. In the, they cannot race before April of their three-year-old year. So, in, after April, their three years, and many people wait till they're four to start them. They'll start them at two, work them, you know, get them broke to ride and stuff, and work them over the winter, turn them out, and then start them again in the late fall to race as four-year-olds. But we we have a lot of three-year-olds that race too. So, but they cannot race before three. What is the secret to the longevity of the racehorse, the racing Arabian? Well, I think there's multiple factors. I think that uh, one, we start later, you know, so they have a little bit more time to develop. Two, the way they're raised as youngsters, because we don't have the big sales, like, you know, the yearling sales and two-year-old in training sales, they're not pushed. They're out. You know, they're not kept in stalls. They're not, you know, pushed to grow. They're just most, most young horses are turned out till they're two. So it just kind of, I think they develop a little bit better bone and tendon and stuff because they're out and about running around, building this up gradually over time. And then they're not as big as thoroughbreds and they're not as fast as thoroughbreds. And they have a little bit more self-preservation than thoroughbreds do. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, Arabs very rarely hurt the, hurt themselves catastrophically. Like we just we just don't have catastrophic injuries. Maybe 
I mean, I've been in it for 17 years and not seen one catastrophe. We've not had one since I've been wow. in it. But we have yeah. over time, we've had, I would say, less than less than 20 in 40 years. They just don't. They'll have tendon injuries and ligament injuries, and they may have a chip or something, but they don't have catastrophic breakdowns. Wow, that's so, awesome. That's a, that's result, a definite yeah. vote for starting the horses a little bit later for sure. And I'm sure I'll get an email oh, about, yeah. oh, I can't believe you said <laughs> Anyway, but we don't care. So Susan, is well, I there mean, like... You know, it's, just a, it's just a fact. It's not better or, or worse. It's just kind of... Just and breeding different. is another factor I would like to add because we don't breed just specifically for racing as much as thoroughbreds do. You know, we have a lot more diversity in our bloodlines. So I think that helps too. We don't have as much intense line breeding and inbreeding as they do in thoroughbreds now. So now that's is, another factor. It's, there, a, it's a lot of factors. In thoroughbreds, we all know the Kentucky Derby, the tri- road to the Triple Crown, obviously the Breeders' Cup. What's some races that are kind of comparable to things like that in the Arabian racing world? Our biggest race is the UAE President's Cup race. It's held every year. For the last few years, it's been held at Churchill Downs. This year, we're going to actually, and this is kind of news because it hasn't really been announced yet, but I'll announce it with you. Breaking news. We're going to be, <laughs> yeah, it, it really is breaking news. It's going to be held on Preakness Day. We'll be the race right before the Preakness. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. So it'll be How televised fun. national television? Well, we'll see how much NBC covers it, but it will be the race preceding the Preakness. We've been on Breeders' Cup. We've been uh, at Keeneland. We've raced at Keeneland with this race, with the UAE President's Cup. It's a grade one, and we've raced at, well, we've actually raced at Pimlico on Preakness Day about, oh gosh, 2010 or 11, I think it was. So we were there once before, and yeah, so that... We used to have a, what was called the Triple Jewel, but we're, it was sponsored by the Middle East and they've kind of pulled back a little, but that was a series of three races and you got points in each race. And then at the end of that, you, uh, the top horses were invited to Abu Dhabi for a $1.2 million race in Abu Dhabi. And around the world, we have several million dollar races. We're, we race on Arc de Triomphe Day at, uh, oh my gosh, we raced at Shanti while they were remodeling. Where is it now? That's terrible. I have a mental blank on that one. It's okay. Uh, You know what I was just realizing is we need to just write strongly worded letters to NBC and be like, we want to see this. I mean, my gosh, if people can gamble on it, they'll want to see it. So they need to put put it on the show. That'd be so cool. And that would probably open up a a whole lot of education. People would be like, wait a second. What? There's a ra- Arabian race right before the the Triple Crown yeah, race. So that's really cool. Actually, That'd be really fun. And Breeders Cup, we handled over like 1.3 million dollars, I think. So dang, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's nice. So, so those those are our big races. That's great. That's well, very if, cool. if people want to get either reti- like, I mean, do you guys have retired racehorses that are up for sale or like, where do people go to find a retired Arabian, Arabian. racehorse? On our website is a good place. Facebook, a lot of people, you know, will put up the information on Facebook and, you know, they, 
I would say the majority go on to second careers, very successful second careers. Obviously, endurance is a big one. Yeah. You know, yeah. they win, the the race bred horses win a lot of the major endurance races all over the world. A lot of them have won Tevis Cup. They go into dressage. We had one that was a national champion in training level dressage after, right, right from the racetrack. And reining, we actually have had uh, two national championships in reining with race bred horses. So they could do jumping. I mean, they're just athletes. You know, they're just bred mm -hmm. to be athletes, and they tend to do very well in any of the athletic endeavors. Fantastic. So, yeah, that, that we don't have. I've got a horse at the track now that I have two people that are waiting for him when he's done. <laughs> at wow. The track. So that's amazing. Wow. We don't have. Yeah, we don't have much trouble placing them afterwards. You know, as long as they stay sound. If they have a major tendon issue or something, maybe not. But that's, like I say, that's not that common. That's Usually, great. if they have an injury, it you know they you can be rehabbed in a you know sometimes a year if it's a serious tendon injury. But then they could go on and do just about anything but racing. Mm -hmm. so, okay. Absolutely. ArabianRacing.org is the website that you guys can go to and you can become a member. You can get reports and listings and subscriptions and all sorts of stuff there. Again, ArabianRacing.org. It's now on my bucket list. I need to go see an Arabian horse race. So they're down in Texas. I'm in Oklahoma. That's close enough. I'll drive. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Joy. Absolutely. Let's do it. Absolutely. <laughs> all right thank you so much we really appreciate you coming on susan and call us back when there's a race coming up and we need to know about it we're going to be on the preakness we want to promote it mm -hmm. okay yeah we'll be on october 3rd on preakness so there's a couple of grade ones that'll be in delaware park in september a couple of grade threes so those are usually some of the top horses in the country will be in those races and then definitely the top ones will be at the preakness so yeah i'll keep you Very posted cool. Great. Race dates and meets me. and more are on ArabianRacing.org. Thanks, girl. Talk to you soon. Well, I'm very excited to bring our next guest on, Elise Morehouse-Hittinger. She is an amateur rider who absolutely adores thoroughbreds. She has three thoroughbred mares of her own, including a 2018 retired racehorse project competitor, Run Binky Run, if you might remember her. She was one of Kyle's horses. And then this year, she got her own mare to compete with for the 2020 Retired Racehorse Project. Elise, Flash welcome to the show. 2021. Retired Racehorse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the delayed mega, mega makeover now. Yeah. But that's kind of got to be exciting. Like, you're going to be a part of the first mega makeover, which is going to be oh. pretty cool. Yeah, it's very exciting. And yeah. I was I was very because I'm an amateur and doing this all on my own and you know, buy the horse and then think, What the heck am I doing? <laughs> but yeah, I decided in December, looking through some sales ads, I just had this horse catch my eye, a four year old that a lady was riding that was actually the person that was selling it, it was her mom riding it, first ride off the track with no stirrups. And I wow. thought, huh, I think an amateur might be able to work with that horse. So made the deal, and she arrived December 30th at 5 o'clock in the morning in the pitch black in the middle of one of our worst thunderstorms in ages. Walked off the trailer, walked out. I have no lights. Walked out through the pasture into the arena, 
past the other two horses that were absolutely freaking out. A four-year-old, and I'm just beyond thrilled. And when I got her home and saw how absolutely quiet she was and, of course, bought her sight unseen, I got talked into putting my name in for the retired race. <laughs> That's how it happens, man. It's really That's how, how it happens. suck you in. Uh, I That's competed to Jamie. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So getting Michelle's fault at your house, you know, you have this really calm mare. Did you have any moments where like, what did I just do? Oh, I've had a lot of moments about what did I just do? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, the first thing is, is I always do a lot of groundwork with them when they get off the track, just so I get to know them. And I had been told that she was very cinchy. And the first time I saddled her up was January 1st. We'd had her two days and I, you know, put the saddle on her and I'm letting her graze while I'm tacking her up. I find that that's just a really good way with really cinchy horses to not have an issue. Mm-hmm. And she never even lifted her head, didn't flick an ear or anything. So I cinched her up and walked and cinched her up a little bit tighter and walked her and just real slow process and just walked her over to the mounting block and got on. <laughs> Started riding. <laughs> so nice. completely yeah. went out the window with my plan. And she just, she walked off, super quiet, bending both directions, absolutely phenomenal base on this thoroughbred. I don't know who did her training, but I know she was, she came from Mike Maker, but, but whoever they bought her from that did her foundation is fabulous. I would love to know who it is in case I, I ever get a couple babies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I train horses like this. So you, the whole thing is have a plan. And don't fall in love with it because it never goes the way you think it's going to go ever. I'm going to do this today. No, no, you're not. (laughs) Because you're going to work on this. Yeah. So, and then I've had a lot of doubts. Um, You know, I signed up for hunters. I don't know that I have the ability. I don't even have any jumps. So really kind of silly for me to sign up for hunters, but I thought she's just so quiet and I haven't free jumped her yet. So I don't know actually what her jumping looks like, but she was running through the pasture one day in the mud, full, full out, beautiful canner and jumped our four foot round bale like it was nothing. Ooh. And I thought pretty awesome. Ooh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, maybe hunters and jumpers. <laughs> Actually, all my friends are wanting her for cross country now and to do three day eventing, but just you never know what you're going to get. It's such a, mm-hmm. a grab bag when you get the horse off the track. And I want to make sure I'm doing what's right for her personality. And really, I, you know, I have a lot of doubts about me. <laughs> and am I going to be able to train her? And, you know, I, I went to a clinic two weeks ago, just decided to go do this horsemanship clinic and threw her in the trailer and she got off the trailer I led her over to a tree stump got up on the climbed up onto this tree stump and and got onto her and walked up to the clinic I mean that's literally off the trailer tack up get on ride her up to where all the other horses were and why are you so nervous then I mean you're like crushing it this horse is really communicating that she's okay with you you know like she's Mm -hmm. fine and uh, why are you so hard on yourself? I had a bad accident in 2000, and it was on a sheriff posse horse, and, and you know, just a freak accident. He got bit by a black widow, and 
I'm I'm just so afraid of getting hurt and yeah. but I'm mm-hmm. done with that. I'm done with that. So you know, I, I created a support group. I think there's a lot of people when I look through the Facebook blogs and stuff that have horses like I do and mm-hmm. just want to enjoy them. And you don't get an opportunity to when you let the fear become an excuse. And so I, I created a group, uh, Happy Courageous Horses and Riders, and we're just sharing our journey back to riding. And, I, and I'm absolutely loving riding again. I, I'm getting there. I'm much braver. You know, it's it's fun to go through the journey mm-hmm. and and really see that things can be different. And yeah. what you say, I was going to say, Elise, for all the people, you have about 70 members in that group, if I remember right. Yeah. You post a lot, like, Elise is one of the most active people in that group, and she's just very transparent of the journey. You get a lot of positive feedback, and has that affected how you've been going with your writing and you know, wanting to embrace more, even getting more confident about the new 2021 makeover? Oh, definitely. And even things that I'm able to share with people, like like mares get a bad rap. There's so many people that, that don't want mares. And through my journey, I, I'm clean, I'm non-toxic, my horses are non-toxic, and I found six bottles of SWAT, and I used one. Well, I was getting hot flashes almost immediately, and the mares started trying to hurt each other they were pinning their ears and kicking and my mares are completely loving quiet friendly and I really came back to wow how much are the humans responsible for mares attitudes with hold on I gotta I gotta go back I gotta back up what does non-toxic mean like what is what does that mean to you when you said you're non-toxic and your horses are non-toxic I have a, I have taken a look at the ingredients and in everything in my tack room, and I look up the ingredients on their material safety data sheets, and if there's anything cancer-causing, endocrine disruptors, which are hormonal imbalancers, anything, it does not go on my horses, and it does not go on me. So, and like, fly spray, a SWAT, like, I don't know what SWAT has. What's... Oh, yeah, I make my own fly spray apple cider vinegar and I have a whole recipe and I've even researched you know I sit in the barn with my with my products and I and I see which which bugs leave when I'm using what stuff and so I've, I've made up my own recipes and I I couldn't believe that the products that we use and we're so conditioned to use that are commercial have such an impact on our mares my chiropractor that comes, he says he won't do mares. And I said, well, I've got three mares. And I talked him into coming, and he said, my mares are better than geldings that he sees. Wait, he doesn't do mares? He, like, literally doesn't do mares he's been hurt as a chiropractor. So many times by, hmm. He's been hurt so many times by mares. And what he's discovered through his journey as well is that a lot of it is because of the hormone imbalance from toxins. Which is just crazy, but but it's things like that that I'm researching and able to share with this group, so that we can all have horses that are happy and healthy, and well, and we I, can become healthier too. I do want that fly spray recipe, so I mean, just <laughs> <saying. Yeah. laughs> it's just amazing, especially with the off the track thoroughbreds. I mean, so many of them come out with liver enzyme levels that are that are at toxic levels because of all the toxins they process at the track and stuff and all the, all the feed they're given that's not good feed. Um, I still have Run Binky Run ha- still has high liver enzymes 
from all that she went through. And they're much lower now, and we're still working on it, but it's, it's a process, it's a journey, and it's so much fun. It is so much fun to be able to share with others as well. Well, at least I think the all natural route's definitely the way to go. I do the same thing with my horses. So there is so much science behind it. Obviously do what's best for you and your horse and keeps what you say, keeps you guys safe. But I agree with you on the all natural. I would love to ask then what is your overall plan for Michelle's fall after the makeover? Do you see a future with her? You got to help her find a, you know, forever home. What's, what's your ultimate goal for this horse? Yeah, that's a great question because I bought her as a resale project. I mean, she's so amazing and so phenomenal that she she's one that I bought to resell, mostly because I live in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and really can't get her to all the big shows. And I think she really needs to go be showing. Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, you can't sell her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're debating right now because she's supposed to be my resale horse for the makeover. And I... She's she's just such a dream that that she may not go up for sale. But you know, I'm I'm hoping if I do sell her that she goes into a a home that really wants to to compete and show her off because these off the track thoroughbreds in second careers really can make a difference for other off the track thoroughbreds by by showcasing what they can do. I couldn't agree more with that, Elise. If anyone wants to follow you and Michelle's fault journey, would you recommend them signing up for the Facebook group, Happy Courageous Horses and Riders? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, that would be wonderful. So we'll put a link to that in our show notes for anyone who's interested in doing that and finding some support in your writing. And Elise, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Thanks, girl. Bates Saddles offer highly specialized saddles for every discipline, engineered to bring out the best in you and your horse. Underneath the finest European leather, you will feel the power of innovation. For you, the rider, enjoy instantaneous comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. For your horse, the care cushion system and easy change fit solution ensure their absolute comfort and your peace of mind. Revolutionize your riding experience and fulfill your true potential by riding in a Bates Saddle. Visit BatesSaddles.com to find out more. That's BatesSaddles.com. And from the back of the pack on the outside, commanding firm is taken second, but California Chrome shines right in the Kentucky Derby! And now it's time for the New Vocations Winner's Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week. Welcome to the show. Once again, Leandra, you know, you're always here and you're from New Vocations and we love to surprise you with a training question. So first of all, I'll let you say hello. Hello. (laughs) Now she's, she sounds (laughs) hesitant because she usually has no idea what I'm going to ask her. And today uh, I've had a rash of thoroughbreds come in for training here that are herdbound, not barn sour, but herdbound where they will walk the fence if their buddies aren't out with them. And uh, like, they just get super worried about where everybody is, even though they might not even know them. I'm sure mm-hmm. with all the horses that come and go from new vocations, you must have dealt with this a little bit. What do you do? Oh, absolutely. Just because of the rate at which our horses are adopted, which is very frequently, it's the, so all the time we have new horses coming in and horses leaving. And so we're constantly having buddies rearranged and some horses get more upset about that than others. So 
in dealing with that, a lot of that depends on the setup that you have. We're really lucky with our setup that we can switch groups and change things around. And so oftentimes we can sort of manage the feeling of being left out if it's just them being separated from a specific friend. But what can be really problematic is when they just in general don't like being away from buddies or are the one, like you're saying, in in turnout if they're feeling left out. So if it's a specific course, you can, at least we here, um, can sort of rearrange things to make them feel like they have a friend. But it's it's when you're pulling them away from a group and then you're you're not able to train them as effectively or that's getting in the way that that can be really difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say number one, safety is always really important. Like if you have a horse who's getting upset in the stall because its friends are gone. Obviously you want to make sure you can take every measure to make sure that they're not going to actually hurt themselves if they'll go that far. But a lot of times it's just that they're calling and getting antsy about their friends being gone or being away from their friends. So I would say if you're taking a horse away from the group and they're nervous about being alone, that I always try to establish myself as the leader so that they don't feel like they're leaving their group, but that you're the leader and that they're part of the group. So it's right. really important to do things that find the positive in it, um, do things that they enjoy, or like I like to challenge them and then re- give them, shower them in praise when they're doing something well. And they seem to, they like to sort of naturally find their place in a group. So you are just going to have to work to establish that group and make yourself the leader of it so that they're turning to you for that sense of security, because that's what it really comes down to is that horses really love to have that sense of security. And so you are going to try to work to establish that with you. It's a little more complicated if you have the horse who's feeling left out in the stall and like you're taking the buddy who maybe doesn't really care so much, but then the friend is the one who's screaming and calling for them. Some of that they just will get used to with time. So again, you're just going to make sure that they're in kind of a safe environment and maybe it'll be really annoying for them to yell. But if you can provide them with distractions like toys or hay, or if you can distract them and again, find the positive in a situation, make them feel safe and distracted, that's going to be the best things that you can do to help them when you can't actually sort of hold their hand through it. So you're going to, you're just going to try to create the environment where they can relax. And a lot of times we'll try to make sure that a horse is always has a buddy inside. So if we have one who does something and has to be on stall rest, then they're always going to have another friend in the barn so that they feel like they can have a buddy. And it might take a couple of days for them to get attached to have mm-hmm. a relationship with that other horse because maybe they had a relationship with other horses who are outside, but they are very social creatures. They want to make those connections, whether it's with you or with another horse, or if you can, you know, find them another animal bunny if you don't have that sort of setup. But I think the main takeaways are that horses need to or have the need to find security and a group, a sense of 
socialness society, they're herd. So being able to foster a sense of safety and that sort of herd or partnership or, you know, group mentality are going to be your very best tools. Yeah, it sounds like engaging their brain, too, is something that you can do by being that person and coming up with different ways. Well, again, thank you for just like having this amazing answer to a question that I give you no prep time for. Now, Joy, <laughs> to speak, speaking of, you know, perfect angel thoroughbreds, maybe <laughs> tell us about Blasted. Absolutely. Blasted Notion, who we call Blasted, is a 2016 gelding in the program with us. He's one of our trainees, and he's actually in a very early stage of training because he's just cleared at this point for rehab rides because he had a suspensory injury that just needed a lot of time to heal. But he could not possibly be a better patient because at this point, he's able to live outside 24-7, which, again, Many thoroughbreds right off the track, especially at his age, have a harder time with that, and he's taken to it really well. And then when we did get the clearance from our vet to start rehab riding him, we basically just threw a saddle on him and got on because I didn't want to have him get stressed out on the lunge line and potentially put extra torque on that leg, just going in a tighter circle. So really just ponied up and got on him, and he was absolutely perfect, which is not a, not a word I use lightly, but he just took to it like he had been riding every day for his life. Like he, like this was just his routine and he really had, hadn't been ridden in months. So I can't say enough about Blasted and his personality. And we've had a lot of really, really nice distorted humor babies they just tend to have this personality and this sense of confidence so I think he's got all the makings to be a really fantastic mount for somebody who wants that just low level maybe trail buddy or husband horse type of horse who just has the coolest brain and mentality that you could possibly ask for in a four-year-old I might have a client for this horse. Oh, <laughs> I know. I was like, listen to it. I know. No longer oh. adoptable. <laughs> uh, dang. But uh, now we think I'm still there. <laughs> he is gorgeous, though. He's just got the soft, kind eye, really nice, refined features. Like, he could be also a really mm-hmm. nice, you know, hunt horse, too, for someone at a lower level, the way he looks to me. Um, just Oh, absolutely. He just looks like a friendly guy. So, anyone wants to check out Blasted, you can go to horseadoption.com. Oh, and let's talk about his crazy, you know, astronomical fee that you guys are asking for him. $500. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. That's way too much. Like, no, I'm kidding. That's perfect. It's <laughs> no, <so> crazy. <laughs> Again, yeah, it's- that's why they move and they get to rehome so many is because you guys have amazing backers, amazing sponsors, amazing horse people associated with you. And you guys do such a great job turning them around and, and getting them a home and, and they have you to thank for that. So you just do such an awesome job. They're lucky to have you. Lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. Practically free. They're practically free. Guys. Yeah. They're giving away exactly. horses at new vocations. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Right. Yep. Leandra, you're the best. Thank you so much, thank girl. We'll talk you. to you next time. Thank you for having me.
You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Retired Racehorse Radio and find us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can check out Jamie's Facebook page at Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings Certified Monty Roberts Instructor and see all the cool horses she's putting out there and all the stuff that she's doing or shoot her an email at jamie at horseradionetwork.com. My email is joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at joyhequestrian. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel's Products, and Bait Saddles. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Bye, guys. Bye.